duck him already. <laughs> Who would have thought at Christmas 2021 when we were talking about, hey, let's start a podcast. They, five months later, we would be sitting in my closet with very professional <laughs> recording equipment and all my laundry and linen yes. um, recording. I mean, this is a dream come true. Is it a dream? <laughs> is it a dream? Is it a nightmare? I love it though. I know. <laughs> I know. But unlike most people, we are going in the closet. Most people come out of the closet. We're like, is there a smaller space we can squeeze? Yes, in? seriously. I don't think there is. I don't think there is. No. Because <gasps> you have coffins. Sorry. Oh. <laughs> I think the sound might be too good in a coffin. I just meant a story, but okay. Oh. <laughs> People pay thousands for recording studios when they could have just come to my closet. I know. Oh, you could rent it out. Think of the cash flow. I know. Wow. You know? I totally know. So here we are. Here we are. We are ready. A couple of silver spoons. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. I cannot sing, but I'm product of the 80s. Yes. (laughs) Did you watch Silver Spoons? Of course. Yeah, Ricky Schroeder. Yeah. He was so hot back then. I didn't like him. No, not, <gasps> but that's what Jason Bateman came from. And he yes. pushed Ricky Shorter aside and in came Jason Bateman. And he was adorable. And still then. is. But who didn't want Ricky's house? I I don't remember. All details. the video games. The, the gigantic train that they drove. Over yeah. Oh, it was right, just, right, it wasn't, right. I don't remember. The father was a toy manufacturer or something. Yeah. I'm thinking of, um, was it Richie Rich? Is that? Oh, um, that's Macaulay Culkin. Yeah, yeah, no, but I think there was also... And it was a comic book. Right. Yes. And uh, a TV show, maybe? Uh, I did think they had a cartoon on Saturday night, uh, Saturday morning. Saturday TV. night. <laughs> you know, yeah. it was real popular yeah. for uh, Saturday night. Yeah. But, yeah, you do, cartoons are a really big thing on Saturday night. <laughs> all right i think we're exhausted i think we're exhausted <laughs> the last episode killed us oh, oh my god the pro- previous episode was hilarious and uh very educational you know i have to tell you in that we we sat down for say a half hour yeah um i told deb right the intro she didn't uh, <laughs> so i will take over yeah. <laughs> well first we need to welcome everyone to Today We Laughed and Learned. That's the name of our podcast. Oh, you mean it's just not one hour later for them too? Yeah. No. <laughs> oh, come on. We need to, uh, there's a, a protocol. I, I'm sorry. Okay. Please go with your introduction. I'm done. Oh, that's, that was it. <laughs> that's all I wrote. <laughs> Welcome to Today We Laughed and Learned. You're going to get exactly what you hear right now yeah. for the next hour. Yes. It's my turn. It could be much longer. <laughs> yeah. We hope you're comfortable. We're not. <laughs> We're not. <laughs> My leg, my knee, which never has pain, has pain. Oh. But in it, that half hour. You got it from my knee. <laughs> in that half hour, you were supposed to be writing an intro and yes. didn't? Nope. Remember that? Totally. Okay. Well, we looked up and discovered that those lovely ladies of Amsterdam, yes. the Falcons, The Falcons. Um, who worked tirelessly for over 50 years. Yes. Um, due to arthritis and just getting a little tired. Yep. They opted to retire at the age of 70. Yep. So we did the math. We're not math people, but we did it. We had our calculator. So we came down to 3,500 clients a year per person. Each, right? Right. Um, which brought it down to, I believe, about 10 a day. About 10 a day with no days off. Yeah, that's that's a, a long day. That's, that's hard a, work. <laughs> that is a long day of hard work and, 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 and 
Yeah. How long are work? I know. Yes. Well, we so. certainly expanded on that. We are brilliant. Yes. Uh, <laughs> we, uh, yeah. But kudos to, to them. Yes. yes. I mean, now, I, like I said, I, I, I retired in 2013. They very well could be still around. Oh, yeah. Uh, but they have that book. I would love to retell you what the name of that is, but I'm off that web page now. Yeah. So there's no getting that web, web page back. But if you go back to our last episode. I, yo, I'll be going back. Don't worry. <laughs> oh, my God. So on the other side, I'm like, gosh, darn, I wonder how much money those women made. Yeah. So. Oh, no. You were Googling. Well, I didn't, I didn't Google them because now I'm thinking I need to get the book because maybe they're really an interesting story and they yeah. might be worth something to look yeah. at in the future. Right. But here are some, um, according to, I forgot, the entrepreneur. Enterprise, entrepreneur. Well, it's on vividmaps.com anyway. Right. Okay. Um, it is uh, all the tech, uh, how much it is for an escort for an hour. Okay. Now, this is not including extra costs such as transportation and extra services. Oh. Um, so, per hour, and it's broken down to US dollars no matter where in the world it is. Oh, okay. So, if you start in like North and Central America, the US is about. 250 US dollars an hour. Canada is a little cheaper. It's about 200. Canadian? Oh, no, American dollars. American right? dollars, yeah. Yeah. We're a socialist country. <laughs> <laughs> um, give you a couple more examples on that. Uh, Guatemala is about 80 US dollars. Ooh. El Salvador, about 100. Mm. Um, Did and- you find uh, Holland where these women worked? Um, I where- will. Oh, in okay. just a moment. Um, as I try to enlarge this, it's not scrolling easy, so it's oh, kind of okay. hard to read. But it does say, interesting fact, mm-hmm. a luxury escort in New York can be char- can charge up to $1,000 US for one hour. Mm. That doesn't surprise me in New York, to be honest, but wow. No, and I assume when they say escort, this is not legalized prostitution. This is your date. An extra, so I assume that's oh. what, it, well, it's not legal, so how can you say how yeah. much you charge? Yeah. So, which... There's some, a lot of escort services are perfectly just escorts. Yeah, and legitimate. They yeah. offer extra services. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's the extra fees. Mm. So you think this might just be escorts? I believe so. So really what we're doing right now has nothing to do with anything. Well, you know, I only had a half hour. <laughs> I think we should get to your topic. I, I have no idea I what will. it is. Well, before I do that, I just want to mention my friend Susan yes. one more time. I did last time. Yes. Uh, I'm not sure if I made it clear in the first time that she is just at the very beginning of her transplant journey. So there's a lot of waiting and not a lot of action. So again, if anyone can help or if you know somebody who's looking to donate a kidney yeah. uh, or you're just interested now that you've heard the story, um, now that I've got a clearer picture on my phone, I can read it yes. a little easier because I really yeah. hated how I butchered it. Oh. So I'm just going to reread her email, her Facebook post. It says, hi all. My family is in search of a kidney. More particularly, I am searching for a donated kidney. I have chronic kidney disease that bounces back and forth from low stage four to uh, end stage renal failure, as well as polycystic kidney disease along with other ailments. But this can only go on for so long. I have type B positive blood, which is compatible with B positive, B negative, O positive, and O negative. My husband doesn't love me enough to donate his, or as he says, he is a positive and it wouldn't be compatible. I honestly don't have much to offer except for my undying gratitude and me talking you up and putting you on a pedestal. I also have two dogs. If you want to borrow them for an hour, Terry, her husband, uh, for 24 hours, if you want to borrow him, but with him, beer is not included. 
<laughs> so in all honesty, if you are not compatible, please consider donation, uh, donation for someone to extend their life. Oh. Thank you for reading. So again, she was a, not was, she is a great friend of mine from way back in high school. Oh. And thankfully through Facebook and everything, everyone's been able to keep touch yes. and everything. Cause I think we would lose a lot of our friends if it wasn't for social media and everything. Oh, so, and you also can't get the word out and this is just yeah. a way to get the word out. And again, even if you're not compatible with her, it, and it's something you're considering. Yeah. I'm not compatible. Yeah. But I'm a negative. It's yes. A you're not compatible. It's a blood, rare blood type. Cause I'm a rare and you are a gem. rare gem <laughs> uh, but susan is your friend's name susan yeah. oh uh, susan so much love we're sending you so much love and hugs and support and if we can help in and any if we way, can help in any way if absolutely. somebody thinks they can help and they're not yes. sure where to go please drop us a line in our email or through facebook and we'll be happy to help send you yes. in that direction absolutely so our prayers are out to my friend susan hope yes. that i don't have to Say this Say too much again. longer. I yes, hope that we find exactly. someone, find someone quickly, and yes, she's so. got lots and lots of. Uh, she's got a few children, stepchildren, and lots and lots of grandbabies. Oh, so, baby. yeah, well, we need I, to give her a helping. I hand. think she's gonna do great. I think um, so. That's my feeling. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, so this one's for you. I, oh, I'm sorry if this one's for you. Well, I didn't want to. <laughs> I didn't want to dedicate the prostitution one to her because <laughs> she's got enough on her plate. It's, it's, this is not a bad one, but again, everyone who knows me knows I have a book going, right? Because I just feel details are so important. <sighs> okay, let's get on with it because, you know, it's going to be dark soon. <laughs> it will. So here's a story. Oh, dear. It's about drugs, business, and war. Ooh, sounds like my life. Yes. I don't... Come on. All right. Let me introduce you to Confederate soldier Colonel John. Oh, wait, before I start this. <laughs> oh, the story has a pre-story? Oh, no. Oh, boy. By the way, this story was actually suggested to me from my friend Kate. Okay. And what was funny is I actually was already thinking of this story. Yeah. That so that weird. just solidified that I needed to do it. So if this goes on forever, I'm blaming Kate. <laughs> oh, boy. Let me introduce you to Confederate soldier Colonel John Pemberton from Atlanta, Georgia. Mm-hmm. Um, sadly, he was, <laughs> second sentence, oh, God. sadly, he was wounded very badly by, ready for this one, a saber. A saber? <laughs> a in, saber. A big, okay. a, you know. Yeah, yeah, a big, no, oh, just, okay, you look was, like you were confused. I was actually thinking saber-toothed tiger. No, no, later so, than that. So I was thinking she was, he was, okay, we're only on paragraph two. I was thinking he was injured. In my mind, he was injured and will always be, always have been injured by a saber-toothed tiger. Well, tiger. the Civil War was riddled with saber-toothed tigers. It's what brought them all down. <laughs> all right. Anyway, so this poor soul wasn't expected to make it. So the doctors gave him morphine to comfort him and while well, he passed. Oh. As it was nothing they could do. Well, he did make it. Oh, otherwise your pod, the episode yeah, the would be over. Episode would be <laughs> over. Oh, I like that version better. I choose that. That's my feelings you're stomping on. <laughs> One of those books where you choose. Can I choose the ending? Nope, this is not a choose your own adventure book. Oh, did geez. love those. Don't get me started on those because I yeah. did love them. Okay, okay. <laughs> please, please carry on. Anyway, he did make it, but unfortunately, during his recovery, he ended up with a morphine addiction. I know. And you really think about that, the back to the Civil War, and they're like, wow, they even had addiction back then. I, well, yeah. Did, did you ever watch uh, Little House <laughs> on the Prairie? Of course. Albert, their adopted brother. Yeah. He ends up, and it seems so strange to me, too, that um, at that time, what was that, the early 1900s or something? I'm not sure. Uh, he had a morphine addiction. To be clear, 
Yeah. The show was taped in the 70s. But <laughs> so I have Morphe, but no, <laughs> but no cameras. I don't remember that. I do say yeah it was very weird but to be honest and and in all seriousness i bet he got over in like 10 one minutes. episode yeah one episode he got addicted and got over in one episode definitely it was felt like real life <laughs> uh, yeah yeah but i did want to say that all joking aside a lot of addiction comes from painkillers yep, you know totally doctors. legitimately yeah prescribed for pain so you're, you're treated for your ailment ailment and end up with an addiction so yeah. it's it's a very very thin line well, he wasn't happy about it. Just so you know. Well, I'm sure you're going to tell me in and much, he, much detail. <laughs> much, much detail. But you'll remember this. It'll come back to you. You can have a conversation about this with somebody. And you guys, you know. I'm so grateful that I soldiered on <laughs> in my closet. You, you can see me sliding down more oh God, and more. My foot's already falling okay, asleep. Put, put your foot on top I of mine. I can't. Come on. Put that sucker on me. What? It's my left one. It keeps falling asleep. My right one's just fine. <laughs> Please tell us more about this because we have so much time to spare. <laughs> okay. Oh. So John Pemberton, he was a biochemist by trade and a pharmacist, I guess by night. By <laughs> That's what I was going exactly to say. So <laughs> he had lots of access to different drugs and chemicals. That this, worked out well. It did. And this led to him to experimenting for different ways to alleviate his pain uh-huh. as he hated being addicted to morphine. So he actually just wanted to alleviate. He had been, he had a saber wound. <laughs> that got that hurt. And with all those teeth, there and must have well, been a whole bunch of punctures, punctures and everything. <laughs> but to be fair, I mean, you're talking Civil War injuries. I mean, they yeah. literally bit on you and put a chewing tobacco to put you back together. I mean, you couldn't feel well. <laughs> you know? Well, for me, it's all the time. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, are we... We're not even through... I don't want to tell you how many notes I have Okay, here, go, okay? go, go. So, in 1880, he happened upon an elixir that seemed to work. <laughs> it's 1880. They're elixirs. <laughs> Elixir. <laughs> elixir, but I didn't. Do you know? <laughs> oh, now I'm gonna have the hiccups. Oh, well, I sneezed in the last episode. Oh no! <laughs> Are you serious? Keep breathing. Okay, Chris. Chris found Ray. <laughs> She got the hiccup. Yeah, I can see where it is. Oh my god! So he happened upon the hiccup. Are you okay? Do we need to go to the hospital? Did you choke on your hiccup or your water? I never. It came out my nose. Oh my god! Welcome to the club. I have allergy coming up my nose. Okay, you can count on me. <laughs> Soldier on. Oh my god! If Sorry, so it was called Vin, it's called Vin Mariani. It sounds like wine, but anyway, it was called Vin Mariani, and you needed to take it three times a day. It just so happened, well, this sounds like porn. <laughs> uh, it just so happened that it was a simple recipe, wine and cocaine. That's easy. <laughs> 
those are things that you have in your kitchen cupboards at any time. Back then you did. Oh my God. Now, before you think that's crazy, cocaine back then, late 1800s, cocaine was legal. This is riveting. People consider, you should take a picture of me reading your notes. Okay. People considered it an amazing remedy. Of course they did. Of course, by the early 1900s, people began to see the addiction side of it. Uh, and felt it drove people to commit crimes. You think? Mm-hmm. No, I don't think so. <laughs> Shortly thereafter, the FDA made it illegal. Are you going to be okay to carry on? I think so. Okay. <clears throat> I'm passing the mic back to you. Well, thank you. The mic didn't move, but the mouth oh did. Oh, my God. Okay, so back to John. So he thought this was much better than morphine <laughs> and yeah. sought to make his own version. <clears throat> so he knew, now relax, he knew cocoa le- Coca leaves mm-hmm. help cure those addicted to morphine because sure, cocaine will do that. Yeah. And added it to Bordeaux, oh. just like Vin Mariani. Mm. Uh, but then he added a little caffeine from the cola nut. Ta-da! He now had an elixir. He would call it French coca wine. Ooh. Uh, he really felt this was better for you than alcohol or cigarettes or opium. <laughs> Really? <laughs> yep. It's one of the, the best natural remedy I've ever heard of. Elixir. We get some <laughs> French, uh, what was it called? Some French cocoa wine later? Yeah. <laughs> now. Yeah. That might be the best thing for my cough. Okay. Anyway, so he bottled it up and put it on the shelves of his pharmacy. He marketed it as a cure-all. Yep. Uh, cure everything from heartburns to nausea, from headaches to nervous disorders. He sold it for a buck a bottle. By the That's way, that, a was, lot. that was the current rate for yeah. um, the elixirs. Elixirs. Yep. <laughs> but unfortunately, the, less than a year later, you think the cocaine was getting no. Prohibition came to Georgia <gasps> and alcohol needed to come out. <laughs> so alcohol was the problem in all of this. Exactly. Not the cocaine. Right. Right. You got right. that. But actually, sorry. Yeah, go ahead. I think alcohol addiction might be more prevalent than narcotic addiction. I'm not sure. I don't have any stats well, they on that. Cocaine was considered like an amazing thing back then. So yeah, they exactly, didn't yeah. consider it a problem. I right, think I knocked yeah. over on mic while we were uh, while we choking were on water. Choking on- <laughs> so unfortunately, uh, like I said, the, the I told you the pro- prohibition came to Georgia. We had to take out the alcohol. Uh, but when he took out the alcohol, he discovered his syrup was quite bitter. So he dumped in a bunch of sugar, as yep. one does. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were so Maple many, mir- then he realized that there's so many miracle tonics on the market that he felt that if he, he'd make more money, if he sold it more as a drink. Mm-hmm. So when he mixed the syrup with carbonated water, he liked it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now he needed a name for it. Mm-hmm. What are you going to name it? Huh? So he asked his bookkeeper. Of course. As you do. The same Frank, one. Frank I was going to say. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, for an idea. Frank came, Frank, uh, well, if I wrote this correctly, Frank took the word coca from the coca leaf and cola from the cola nut for, uh, but he didn't like the K. He thought um, uh, the logo would look nicer with two C's. You're joking me. No. Frank, who had a beautiful writing, he wrote Coca-Cola. And that logo to this day is his handwritten Coca-Cola. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah, the, the logo is just how he wrote it on a piece of paper. Nobody created that logo. I can't, you can't find that font on like, well, you, he didn't find that font. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> I can't believe this is the origins of Coca-Cola. It is. Very cool. So on May 8th, 1886, the first glass of Coca-Cola was sold at Jacob's pharmacy for five cents. Oh 
God. Now, picture it. Back then, and I'm sure Canada, even in the backwoods up there, <laughs> they had soda fountains. Um, they would squirt syrup into. Yes. They would have yeah. it like drugstores. They and that still Woolworths. do. Don't they? Yeah, they're the faux ones. Okay. <clears throat> but the, the only way you could buy soda back then was they would yeah. squirt syrup into a glass and then add carbonated water on top of it and sell right. it to you. Yeah. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> so John would sell the pharmacy the syrup and they would mix it and serve it. Uh, not really a huge seller at first. Mm-hmm. In the first year, he averaged selling about nine glasses a day. Kind of like our friends, um, the Falcons, and how many clients they had per day. Um, I don't know if that's true because I haven't read the book yet, but do you think they made more than 45 cents a day? (laughs) Definitely. (laughs) Okay. Uh, (laughs) uh, Pemberton never got to see the greatness of Coca-Cola and what it became because he sold off pieces of his company to various partners. And then one year later in 1888, he sold the rest of it to this gentleman, Asa Candler, not Chandler. I keep it's yeah. Candler. Yes, and, and some say he sold it as uh, deathbed. It was for twenty three hundred dollars. Oh, but anyway, a year after he made the soda, he died of uh, stomach cancer. So Asa either bought it on the deathbed or right before it. Oh. Uh, so after that, Asa went around buying all the shares. Wow, smart guy. I well, yeah, he did seem like a shrewd businessman. Mm-hmm. He wanted total control of the syrup. However, as with everything, there seems to be some controversy surrounding this. Uh-huh. Many say he never actually bought all of them. Uh-huh. Uh, many times he just kind of forged the signatures. Oh, it, it could he would do that by accident. Uh, we'll never know. Lettering as the Coca Cola. Well, we'll never know. We'll never know. You know why? Why? Because Candler decided just to burn all the company's early records. Um, you know, as one does well, because. Exactly. The business has been around for what one, two years at this point. Those records are useless. Just exactly. Burn them. When auditors come, they never want to see you know no. five years or ten years of records. No, no. Uh, so he ended up incorporating Coca Cola in 1889 and trademarked the name in 1893. Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing you need to understand about Candler is he and forgive me if throughout this I say Chandler. Yeah. <laughs> I really mean Candler. <laughs> uh, he understood and utilized marketing and advertising. That was his forte. Yeah. Many of the strategies used today were actually from him. Acer literally put Coca-Cola name and logo on anywhere, everything, everything had the Coca-Cola logo. Wow. Mass marketing. By 1902, he was spending over 100000 a year, remember, way back when, yeah. before TV sets and everything, yeah. on advertising. That blows my mind. I know, it's blowing my mind. Uh, yeah. So from 1890 until 1900, you taking notes on the dates? Sales no. went from 9,000 gallons of syrup a year to 370,877 gallons of syrup. Oh my God. So oh. he did a good job. In those 10 years, he built uh, syrup making plants in Dallas, Philadelphia, and LA and was selling to every state in Canada. Every state, comma, and Canada. I was say, we don't have states in Canada. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, I had to find out because for those of you wondering, why I didn't say to the 50 states? Because the U.S. only had 45 states back then. Mm, right. So I'm like, mm, couldn't be everything. Yeah. Now, keep in mind, Coca-Cola is still just a fountain drink. Mm-hmm. Bottlers back then were, they were back alley businessmen. Oh. You know, not really sanitary, done in barns, out back. Yeah, well, they were. A little bit of camel dung. Yeah, likely, <laughs> likely in them. Adds flavor. Yeah. So. In 1894, when a Joseph Biederman bottled a bunch of Coca-Cola and sent it to Asa, he sent like 12 bottles of them to try. 
Mm-hmm. Asa said Coca-Cola is a fountain drink and not for bottles. Oh, my God. <laughs> so then five years later, in 1899, two lawyers, I just have the last name, Whitehead and Thomas, mm-hmm. no, no, wanted to buy the Do bottling. lawyers have first names? Not anymore. Just, yeah. <laughs> they wanted to buy the bottling rights. And Asa thought this was such a foolish idea and it wouldn't work at all. Uh, So he sold the rights for $1. (gasps) This meant that they would buy the syrup from Coca-Cola and they would mix and bottle and distribute it on their own. With nothing being repaid to Asa. Well, they bought the syrup from Asa. Right, but right. Well, he just who was ever going to buy a bottle of Coke? Uh, Seriously. Coca-Cola was not called Coke yet. Yeah. Uh, By the way, don't forget the Cocaine's still in there. Uh, <laughs> the lawyer knew that they had to solve a problem. The bottles currently used were called the Hutchington style. Mm-hmm. They're made with a rubber stopper and a wire that you would bend. And when you bent that rubber, that you bent that wire, mm-hmm. the rubber stopper would pop up. Yeah, we it, have those still. Like it, it's, right, I assume it's something like that. Yeah. Well, anyway, the stopper would go pop. <laughs> <laughs> Hence the term soda pop. No. Pop. Yes. Problem was, you couldn't sanitize those bottles very well, and the drinks would go bad and make people sick. An issue. Lucky for them, though, right around the same time, there was a man from Baltimore, Maryland. He invented what? The bottle cap, right? (laughs) Yeah, the bottle cap. I thought you meant, um, like, a a way to clean the bottles No, no, he just invented bottle caps. But this allowed them now to reshape the bottles so they could sanitize them, because the old bottles had to be shaped in a certain way to make it pop. Right. And go bad. Yeah. <laughs> but this way they could be, the bottle caps would be crimped on and yeah, sealed yeah, yeah. tight. So, yeah. Okay. So back alley bottlers became millionaires overnight. <gasps> and this was great, but there were hundreds and hundreds of imitators in no uniform bottles. Like the, you know. Right. It would be. We, they had to have a certain look, a certain, right. like, um, what's it called? Yeah. Back then Brands. it was just, you you know, yeah. Coca-Cola could be in this bottle or this one. Or the, it was just whatever they bottled it in. Right. Uh. <clears throat> So there were tons of imitators, and everybody really tried to copy Coca-Cola. Yeah, well, so they still um, are. I know. I Someone would want a Coca-Cola, they'd reach into a dark ice bin, because that's how they sold it back then, mm-hmm. and pull up a Captain Cola or something like that. Written, yeah. in, it was written almost exactly the same. Of course, yeah. Uh, so consumers may or may not, and they didn't usually notice that they had the wrong yeah. uh, cola. Right. So the bottlers knew they were losing money. Coca-Cola knew they were losing money. So in 1915, the iconic Coke bottle was born. They made the shape and texture in a way that people would know it in the dark or even if it was broken on the street. Wow. Uh, Okay, so let's back up just a little bit. Uh Um, Before bottling became big, Asa knew Coca-Cola was getting lost at the fountain. Uh So, uh, you know, soda fountains used to have like a hundred different flavors of syrups. Wow. And then they would add this uh, carbonated water to it. So you'd have to know what syrups they had. And, yeah. you know, they'd yeah. have cherry, vanilla, yeah, yeah, yeah. Coca-Cola, blah, 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 you know. Yeah. Uh, so Asa called every shop uh-huh. that sold his syrup and uh-huh. asked for the names of their top 50 soda fountain customers. Right. Which they did. They gave them to him. And he would send each one of those a coupon, which was, I think, essentially the, base, the, the uh, beginning of coupons, for one free soda fountain Coca-Cola. Uh, he absolutely hated losing the money by giving yeah. away the Coca-Cola, but it worked. Sales went up. Um, of course, maybe it was the cocaine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So wait, wait a second. But um, but he's still like 
the other people are still bottling the Coke, right? Right, but this is back of the soda, soda fountain. I said, let's go back. Right, when, okay. Oh, okay, okay. When okay, it was sorry. still, the soda, but even with the bottle, soda fountain drinks were still big. Right, okay. Uh, so, yeah, so, you know, like I said, people would ask for cherry soda or yeah. vanilla soda or whatever. So then nobody really knew what this Coca-Cola was. Right, right, right. Okay. So if you went to the soda fountain, you would top 50 customers, you got a coupon for a free soda. Fair. But it had to be Coca-Cola, you know? Yeah, yeah. so smart. Well, yeah. Business savvy. He was. And they actually, like, they made all kinds of, there's all kinds of things named after him in Atlanta, Georgia. But yeah, anyway, sure. as of 1903, there was still nine milligrams of cocaine per glass. <laughs> Although cane, cocaine was uh, widely used, the FDA decided it was now illegal and must be removed. Mm. In response, Coca-Cola did everything to extract and destroy the cocaine, uh, but still used the leaf for flavor. There's still something in it. Yeah. Uh, they and evidently, from what I understand, they still use it today. In fact, they're the only company in the world allowed to import coca leaves into the United States. Really? Mm -hmm. So, but the, maybe the leaves aren't. Uh, what's no, it's it called psychotropic. Is that what right. It's called? right. That's exactly what it okay. is. Is the, the cocaine is just a, a part of it? Okay. Um, right. Now that was 1903. By 1929, the last of the cocaine was removed from Coca-Cola. Oh, even yes, the leaves. I, no, I think it was, it just took them that long to finally get the oh, last trace of it out of there. Right. It's quite a long process if you think about it. It's 1903 to 1929. Yeah. <laughs> That's unbelievable. That's a long time. I, my feeling is that they weren't being doing it very diligently. I think they were, you know, taking their time with it. Yeah, probably. Yeah. It was probably very gradual. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so 1916, U.S. versus 40 barrels and 20 kegs lawsuit. <laughs> Basically, they wanted the courts to tell... Uh, the government wanted the courts to tell Coca-Cola to remove caffeine from their products. Government thought it was harmful. Uh, Coca-Cola won the case, but decided to reduce the amount of ca caffeine in okay. their soda. So, so it's getting more and more like water every day. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so when Asa incorporated Coca-Cola back in 1892, it was capitalized at about $100,000. In 1919, he sold it to a group of investors for $25 million. What did you say the original amount was? Hundred thousand. You're joking. He only paid twenty three hundred oh, for it. It oh. was, you know, yeah. Ten years later, it was considered, you know, probably worth about a hundred thousand. Now twenty five million. Unreal. The investors were led by Ernest Woodruff and was run for about thirty years by his son Robert. Mm -hmm. Then, nineteen twenty three, the six the cardboard six pack was invented. Huh. Although Asa had had the idea, he just didn't go through it. Right, right, right. So uh so he says well no i'm kidding he probably he probably wasn't that invested in the whole bottling process anyway. yeah yeah he didn't seem too enthusiastic about it but 1928 bottled coke finally outsold fountain coke for the first time wow. and also coke went with uh the athletes to amsterdam for the olympics mm. uh it also reached the people's republic of china yeah. um however when they said coca-cola phonetically uh -huh. it translated to wax fastened female horse or bite the wax tadpole. Uh. <laughs> I feel like I heard that. I've heard bite the wax tadpole. <laughs> Could I have a glass of bite the wad? The bite the wad. Yeah. There you go. Good job, Deb. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm expert in marketing. <laughs> they finally figured out a way to create the symbol that roughly translated to to allow the mouth to rejoice. Oh. Which I think was lucky if they were able to come yeah. up with that. I don't know. Um, then we're up to 1935. Coca-Cola created a kosher version so they more people could enjoy it. Wow. Uh-huh. All was going good until that pesky little WW2 arrived. 
Oh. I think lately, what story of mine doesn't have WW yeah. in it? Uh, don't worry. Relax. Coca-Cola figured out a way to profit from this. <laughs> of course. <laughs> they figured sugar would be rationed. So they declared Coca-Cola a wartime necessity. They declared that every soldier should have a Coke in their hands. They they swore they would sell uh, Coca-Cola to the soldiers for five cents, no matter if the Coke lost money on it. Mm-hmm. So no matter what the soldiers could buy, five cents every time. Right. And this was genius because now Coke was synonymous with the war efforts. And moreover, uh, at one point, Eisenhower had gone over to Europe and asked the soldiers what he could give them mm. to boost morale and to help them get through. Mm-hmm. And they said they wanted cigarettes, candy, and Coca-Cola. Wow. So Eisenhower sent a letter to Coca-Cola asking for mobile bottling plants overseas, which the government paid for. <laughs> They want like it's the a war effort, yeah. Right. <clears throat> no, your your legs not bothering me. Uh, that's okay. I'm being all leggy. Um. So the government paid for 64 of these mobile bottling plants, and when yeah. the war ended, you know the government's not going to take them back. Exactly. Anything, so Coca Cola just rolled over. Now they were permanent. Oh my god. <laughs> so they didn't even pay for these plants. Oh. So basically, they helped them move overseas. However, in the U.S. Uh, we all consider Coca-Cola an all-American support and supporting of the war and everything else, right? Oh, really? But did you know uh, they were also supplying Nazi Germany with Coca-Cola as well? What? Yeah, see, over there, Coca-Cola would actually disassociate with America. They would put like a swastika behind their logo when they were advertising Coca-Cola. Uh, they distributed Coca-Cola to Hitler's youth rallies and uh, uh, put advertisements on their educational pamphlets. Wait a second. So, <laughs> well, this is Coca-Cola in Germany, Germany. let's say. And they were distributing to Nazi, <clears throat> the Nazis. Right. Well, they, Coca-Cola was already overseas in a few different right. spots. These mobile units. Before, even before the mobile, oh. they had gone to it. I think they were in a couple of spots. Right. And then... The government paid for 64 more plants to be put out there. But in one of these, they were offering, you know, they were, yeah, they were playing both sides of the fence. Yeah, 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 exactly. So they knew the Nazi Germans were, Germans were against America. So they would play it up that they weren't all American and they would have all swastikas and stuff like that behind it. But it was all going into the pocket of the American company. Wow. Oh yeah. Uh, Okay. But there was a problem. As the war progressed, of course, supply chains were cut off. Yeah. And they were unable, actually, to get the syrup to the German bottling plants. So, Max... Okay, I spoke, spelled this out. I still can't say it right. Max Kaiti, mm-hmm. I think. Kaiti. Kaiti. Mm-hmm. That's it. You don't care, anyway. The head <laughs> of the bottling company in Germany found a local chemist to try and recreate the taste. And he came up with something vaguely close. Um, then he took leftover scraps from the fr- food produce, like apple protein and stuff like that. Basically trash. Uh, and the drink, posting, yeah, anyway. the drink would become, um, what we know as Fanta. What? And it was a huge hit in Nazi Germany. After the war, all the profits from Fanta went back to Coca-Cola. Max Keithy was promoted. Uh, and kind of like the fact that cocaine was never, like Coca-Cola never claims they put cocaine in it. Right. Uh, they don't mention this little fact either. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, so in 1946, uh, supposedly they bought the rights to Fanta from Germany, although they already had it. Right. Uh, and, if, oh, by the way, in 45, the, the term Coke, Coke was trademarked. Hmm. So now I'll have a can of Coke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
1955, Phantom was a hit worldwide, and it, uh, also the first aluminum can was introduced, huh. and the Pepsi versus Coke wars began. Yes. In the 1950s? Yeah, which I didn't realize. Yeah. No, me neither. I didn't realize it yeah. was so old. Yeah. I would have thought it was a 70s thing. It's pre, pre wow. us. Go figure. And 1960 glass bottles got re, they record, recontoured them mm-hmm. and they bought the rights to Minute Maid. Mm-hmm. So they're expanding now. Wow. Uh, 1961, well, they developed a fan favorite. Uh, they developed Tab. Oh God, I remember Tab. And in 1963, they marketed it as the first diet cola, sugar-free yeah. Tab. That I, I can almost still taste I it. I know, that plastic tasted like or i don't know if it actually tastes like plastic or if it just tastes like plastic because i was drinking it with a straw i don't know it was gross it was gross but Very every gross. you saw everybody with tab mm-hmm. yeah well when you have no other choice that's pretty good thing. yeah seriously uh 1966 they added fresca to their line mm-hmm. okay now this one's good april 13th 1968 mm-hmm. i forgot to double check on the date but anyway we'll assume it's right Round about. the night before dr martin luther king was assassinated he delivered a speech where he urged people to tell their neighbors not to buy coca-cola in memphis why because white workers were making a lot more money in the coca-cola plants than the black workers even though they work longer and harder Oh, God. 32 years later, Coca-Cola finally paid $192.5 million in a racial discrimination fine. Wow. Oh, I'm glad that they were held uh, accountable. accountable. Yeah, exactly. So in 1978, China declared Coke would be the only cold packaged soft drink in their country. Wow. I, I, I think they were actually the People's Republic of China. So yeah. Back then, but. Uh, 1982, the invention of Diet Coke, and within two years, it was the number one diet drink in the world. Mm-hmm. 1985 was the biggest fail with the biggest gains. You know this one. Oh, let me, 85? 85. Oh, then yes, I do. I think. Everybody knows this yeah. one. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> everyone listening to this podcast yeah. is in our age range. Many call it the greatest marketing scheme of all time. Uh-huh. That's right. New Coke, people. Quick rundown about the fiasco known as New Coke. Mm-hmm. So, Pepsi had been offered to Coke many times over the years to be bought out by them, and they yeah. said no. So, at one point, Coke tried to sue Pepsi over the word cola, mm-hmm. and they lost. Everybody can use the word cola. Mm-hmm. So, this continued an ongoing war with each other, lowering prices, lower, 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 yeah. to the point of ridiculousness. Yeah. And then suddenly, nobody really knows what happened. Everyone assumes it was like a you know, behind closed doors kind mm-hmm. of deal. Uh, it seemed to be like a truce and they just started battling it out in advertising. Yeah. Suddenly they weren't doing this money war thing. Yeah. Yeah. What I didn't understand this being beginning in 1975 mm-hmm. was the beginning of the Pepsi challenge. Oh. 75. I thought it was in the eighties. I would have thought so too. You know, it started back in 75 and continued through the eighties, but I thought that was yeah. a whole eighties campaign. Me too. Uh, Pepsi always came out ahead, believe it or not. Really? I never knew that. No, me either. Because I was always a Coke fan. Me too. Yeah, same. Uh, But even uh, even if Coke did their own taste test, Pepsi would come ahead. I don't like the taste of Pepsi. Me neither. (laughs) It's like Tab. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) exactly. I feel like it tastes like Tab. Yeah, exactly. Uh, So anyway, so over those few years, stocks began to plummet. Oh, no. As did their profits. Uh, And so this whole conversation about trying to reformulate to find a taste that is going to beat Pepsi. Uh, and believe it or not, it was like their hundredth year anniversary and they announced they've reformulated 
and again take out the old the what they've been celebrating for a hundred years. We're done with that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and again take the old one out and bring in the new one, which was really crazy. Because, yeah. And they had said uh they thought about slowly changing the formula like little, yeah. little, 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 but figured people would notice. Yeah. There was only so little they could do. Yeah, you know? exactly. Uh so chaos and rage and Satan, they got truckloads of foam. I like the world was insane about yeah. it, like not wanting this change. And four months later, they ended up bringing back code classes. Four months yeah. later. Oh, God. I think what I read, ABC actually interrupted their broadcast what? to announce that Coca Cola oh. was bringing back Coke. That is unbelievable. <laughs> that really, that's like newsworthy. Uh, newsworthy <laughs> yes New, it is newsworthy um so now that they've brought back coke classic yeah uh they now have two cans you can buy new coke mm -hmm. and coke classic, and they figured new coke would gain momentum but yeah. what happened is now coke classic was suddenly selling out everywhere did it had cocaine no no, no. Okay. With 1980 right okay <laughs> what coke can were you buying yeah oh <laughs> i hope the good ones <laughs> Anyway, sales sword. So what's crazy is for years they kept tasting blind, doing blind taste yeah. tests. And I remember those vividly. I, I remember taking yeah. one of them all. And I remember choosing Pepsi because I, I was a teenager. And I was like, you like Pepsi better? I said, no, I didn't like it. I knew which one it was, but in case they were doing anything for a commercial. Oh. Because <laughs> <laughs> that was a big thing on the continuum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but they kept doing, like, uh, what do you call it? Blind taste tests. Right. And new Coke kept coming out on top. Followed by Pepsi, followed by Coke. Huh. For years. Yeah, they yeah, kept yeah, doing yeah. taste tests. And no matter what they did, new Coke came on top, Pepsi second then. Um, there was a theory they were trying to do. Um, it was a conspiracy theory mm -hmm. that I saw. Uh, they were trying to hide the taste of changing over to high fructose corn syrup, which I thought mm -hmm. held merit until somebody put out the timeline and didn't. Yeah. But um, most of the plants had already started doing changing over to high fructose corn syrup five years earlier. Right. So eventually New Coke was phased out. And by the way, do you want to know what New Coke is? Yeah. It's just Diet Coke minus the artificial sweetener. They added in the high fru high fructose corn syrup mm -hmm. and did a couple more little tweaks, which I don't say. But basically, it's just Diet Coke. Yeah. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> uh, 1990, they began selling Coke in the former East Germany. 1993, India. Uh, oh, in 1992, they made the first recyclable bottle. That was yes, pretty big. Very big. Uh in the 1990s themselves, they acquired a lot of new products like Barks mm. uh, from the U.S., Inca Cola in Peru, Maza Thumbs Up in Limea, Limea, Limea in India, and Cadbury Schweppes sold in, uh, they took that older and it was sold in 120 countries. They also created Dasani Powerade and Co, Ku, Wo. <laughs> it's a juice in Asia. Okay. Now, keep in mind, Coca-Cola pioneered marketing strategies that they still use today uh such as holes and mats yeah using celebrities yes using santa <laughs> yes sex <laughs> they you know they used to have the coke pinup girls oh my uh, God. they did think of the ones in the bikinis and stuff i just remembered that when you said that on the bj okay uh formed a uh department just to see how the new traffic how traffic flows through the streets and um how people shop in the supermarkets so they oh, can God. know for product placement yeah yeah 
Yep. They uh, even bought Columbia Pictures so they could put in their product cl- placements. I didn't know they bought Columbia Pictures. Yeah, they sold it again, but they yeah. didn't. Oh, my God. Uh, they would market toys. Mm-hmm. They couldn't say they were for kids. They had right. to say they were for adults as collectibles because you couldn't market to kids. Yeah. It was a big, you know. Yeah, I remember yeah. that. Uh, and they, of course, on the flip side, they were putting vending machines in schools and paying schools for the soda oh, that they sold. God. So in the 80s, of course, negative health effects were coming out. So Coca-Cola would pay uh, to have studies done to prove that the products weren't to blame. Yeah. 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 Just uh, exactly what the tobacco companies did. Yeah, really. exactly. Uh, then they paid millions to perhaps sway the politicians to not change dieting guidelines and to keep them from creating a sugar tax. And then they had so much extra money, they paid slews of athletes to do commercials so that people mm. would associate Coca-Cola with healthy yeah and uh athletic performance that's like it's one thing to be like okay we just want to convince people that it's not that bad for you but then to actually try to convince people that it's good for you that seems like a bit of a stretch yeah that's the 80s yeah true (laughs) at the beginning to now you know i think before that they didn't do it as much but yeah uh in 92 coke tried again uh they launched a new coke called coke 2 really yeah it's just new coke in a new can and 10 years later of course it was discontinued i don't remember that at all coke too i vaguely remember it i'd like to see but i'm out of high school like... at this point 92 yes. i'm out of high school so things are different as to what i'm yeah. looking at and stuff like that you know yeah 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 i was yeah yeah so um 2005 coca-cola zero yes okay tastes like coke but zero calories I'm here to disagree. Exactly. It does not taste like Coke. Okay. So it's not me. I was given one by accident on the airplane last time I flew. Yeah. I asked for a Coca-Cola. Of course, I'm gluten-free and they didn't have my gluten-free meal. So I just yeah. had, and they gave me a Coke Zero. Ugh. And I'm like, oh, how bad can it be? Oh, it's pretty bad. Yeah. I do not like it. It's tap. I, yeah. I don't <laughs> drink soft drinks at all. No. Well, when you're in an airplane, yeah. it's better than trying to get a cup of coffee. Yes. Oh my God. I, I do not drink coffee on planes. No. Uh, 2007, they acquired Energy Brand and Enhanced Waters, and in 2014, Coke Life was invented. Coke so Life. now that's the story of Coca-Cola, uh-huh. or is it? Oh, I thought it was. Ah, to be why, honest, why are you hurting me? Because <laughs> I think we exhausted you on the last uh, episode, <laughs> and I'm perking you up. Of course, the closet, the two by two, <laughs> is about a thousand degrees. Yep, exactly. She didn't install air conditioning, which I'm stunned. Why I... someone wouldn't? Yeah, because you never know where you're going to be with a friend in your closet. In your closet. <laughs> <laughs> All right. To be honest, there have been hic- some hiccups with Coca-Cola along the way. Uh, you know, besides the cocaine, the Nazis, and uh, the Coca-Cola is good for you thing. Oh, my God. Did you know? Oh, here's the part that I didn't write in what I wanted to oh, know. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. I left a... So thing. I don't know that. No. Neither do you, apparently. <laughs> Did you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Way back in, mm, when Asa sold the bottling rights, I'm yeah. sure there was a certain year, but I went back yeah. to it. Yeah, I told you in the beginning. Uh, well, he sold the bottling rights for a dollar, but he didn't bother to read the contract. <gasps> but why would you read the contract? I mean, really, it's just a waste of time. Well, who was going to buy a bottle of Coke? Yeah, seriously. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, God. there was, um, oh, in this contract, there was a no, there was no time frame set on the deal. So a contact without dates, without dates. Wow. And there was no mention of a price increase should the production for the syrup go up. So basically if the bottler paid 10 cents and 1899 <gasps> for a jug of syrup, 
the contract says that in 2022, they should still pay 10 cents. That is insane. Yeah. Well, this of course led to many lawsuits over many years. Oh my, oh my <laughs> God. Ace's theory probably wouldn't fly today as he had been quoted as saying, oh, this is, that was not a continuation. Right. Asa wasn't the, as shrewd of a businessman. He had some maybe narrow thinking. Yeah, yeah. He and his theory wouldn't probably fly today yeah. as he has been quoted as saying, the most beautiful sight that I see is the child at labor. <gasps> the younger the boy begins work, the more beautiful. Oh, my God. Oh, I'm glad he got screwed over sorry <laughs> he didn't really he no. made 25 million on all day he's fine i guess he was fine really with 10 cents a bottle mm. or it was five cents oh uh, but he's also my syrup and everything yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. he did fine he did yeah fine. okay i don't have to worry about him uh okay also coca-cola had a campaign uh brought against them in the in 2003 called stop killer coke yeah i originally thought it was because coke was so bad for you yeah but alas no Coca-Cola was accused of hiring death squads in Colombia and Guatemala oh to get rid of unions. These death squads would kidnap, torture, or kill union supporters. Oh, my. Uh, there oh. Were, I, I saw in a movie, this was my other blank spot that I forgot. Yeah. It was over 400 people that had been murdered up to this point. I don't, I'm always worried about being called like a conspiracy theorist uh -huh. right so but i do not doubt at all that they did right that. and it, these are <laughs> countries that you know are i guess more e easier to do that right kind which of stuff. they you know exploit a little yeah, bit more yeah so mexico city also the store owners were told to remove all soft drinks other than coke or for fear of the consequences yeah um, in Brazil, they had vending machines that would actually automatically adjust the price based on the temperature outside. So the hotter it was, the higher the price. Oh. But no, these death squads went around and, you know, if you supported the unions, uh, you you would be gunned down. It, it's unbelievable. But again, I, I think that it's rampant. Mm -hmm. And I think it's definitely rampant today oh, in certain sadly, forms. It's today, yeah, think, you know. for sure. For sure. Uh, there was a $500 million case against them, but Coca-Cola claimed that they knew nothing of it as these bottling plants were independent. Mm -hmm. There is a movie called The Coca-Cola Case. Mm -hmm. I know it's on Amazon and Tubi. Mm -hmm. um, if you want to read more about it, it's quite in-depth and it yeah. shows the whole court case and everything. All right. Uh, in the early 2000s, well, they were doing so well. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Coke had a campaign telling people not to order water in a restaurant, <gasps> but to order... Coca-Cola. They even went, the uh, suppliers would go in and teach the service how to upsell. Which well, is funny. Upselling is Right, well, enough, can I just have I some guess. water? Yeah. Oh, can I offer you a Coke? Yeah, but they, yeah, you know. Yeah. But they had a campaign in the company to do that. Wow, yeah. Which is funny because in 2004, of course, they released Dasani. Dasani oh, water. Oh, that's Coca-Cola? Yeah. And oh. they released it in the U United Kingdom didn't go so good it was discovered to be glorified tap water oh. which they tried to bounce back by explaining it was a special filtering process and then of course it was discovered at table salt potassium chloride and epsom salts added oh. uh, which okay would have been okay uh, but they accidentally put a bad batch of minerals in and contaminated about half a million bottles they should have stuck with the cocaine i know yeah. <laughs> uh, oh yeah and they also found high levels of bromate in the 
uh, in high doses and that can cause cancer. Um, So now things aren't going good. So to boost sales in the UK, they made an online campaign where people were having fun and the tagline was can't live without spunk. Uh, Usually spunk means like determination, vigor. Yeah, yeah. In the UK, it means semen. Yes. So that went well. (laughs) Well, you really can't live without (laughs) semen. Well, this is true. We wouldn't even be living without semen. So they didn't lie. No, they didn't lie. I don't know if it was the best ad campaign. No. No. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Some other things that have been brought up about them in Karahala, India in 2003, within six months of a plant opening, the coca, the, uh, the coke was found to have high levels of pesticides in it. Oh God. And their waste, you know, that just decimated their land, contaminated the drinking water and made people sick. Some farmers would actually spray their crops with Coca-Cola because it seemed to work better than the pesticides. Uh, in 1999, I know I'm bouncing around more than a hundred children got sick in France and Belgium after drinking cola, Coca-Cola was bad batch. Uh, from 2000, 2010, Coca-Cola plants caused, I'm sorry, 2006 caused severe droughts in Mexico because the president, um, there used to work for Coke and would give them all kinds of favors. He would just grant them yeah. permits. Yeah. Yeah. It didn't yeah. matter where it was. Oh God. Uh, fun fact, in 1977, there was a string of murders in Japan. I mean, this isn't Coca-Cola's fault, but I'm just saying. <laughs> at least sure? at least three people were killed and a few injured. But basically, people would find an unopened can or bottle of Coke near a payphone. And they would think it was a lucky day. It was closed up tight. Yeah, and yeah. So they drink some of it before they realize it tasted kind of funny. And they die of cyanide poisoning. What? Yes. And this also happened they were Whoever did this, it seems like the same person, put out boxes of chocolate, same same deal. Unbelievable. Uh, the, the killer was never found. Oh, my God. What? So sinister. No, you're right. That wasn't Coca-Cola's fault. No. I was so ready to blame Just a fun them. fact. Yeah. Very, uh, fun, very fun. In 2006, there were three guys who tried to sell Coke's secret recipe to Pepsi for $1.5 million. Two being uh, former Coca-Cola workers, but they were caught. And I'm not mistaken. I remember something about this. Why do I think Pepsi actually called called in on them? I think it wouldn't be the first time something like that has happened. But I I mean, I could be wrong. I'd love to. I should really fact check that. But I believe the story was, is that actually somebody from the, whoever they got to sell it to turned them in. They didn't. Yeah. 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 Wow. Uh, there's only two countries in the world that don't sell Coca-Cola, North Korea and Cuba. Well, uh, well you know, because of yeah. the embargo. Right. Uh, Coca-Cola is worth about $74 billion, oh more than God. Budweiser, Pepsi, Starbucks, and Red Bull combined. Oh my God. Uh, and last, over the years, Coca-Cola has many slogans. Yes. But here's some of the highlight ones. In, in 1886, here was a good one. 1886, yeah. Drink Coca-Cola. To the point. Mm-hmm. You can remember it. Yep. And people, you know, took orders then. <laughs> yes, they Drink did. Coca-Cola. Now. Was there an exclamation mark? Just nope. to really hit that, you know, nope. message Drink home? Coca-Cola. All right. Uh, over the years, 1922, Thirst Knows No Season. I kind of like that one. Thirst Knows No Season. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's a, it's a little bit poetic for, mm-hmm. for um, marketing, but okay. Yeah, I like it. Uh, 1958, the, the cold, crisp taste of coca-cola a little hard to say yeah the cold crisp taste of, Co- of coca-cola okay mm. 
If you didn't do two podcasts in a row, maybe you can say it better. Yeah, maybe. Yes. Uh, 1971. You know this one. I'd like to buy the world of Coke. Oh, don't you love that song? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like their most famous. I love when that comes out. I know. I'd sing it, but I don't know if I'm allowed to. Yeah. And I wouldn't want to do that to the people. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) 1989. It was the official soft drink of summer. I remember that one. Right. And just this past year, this past in 2021, it was called Real Magic. What? I don't remember that at all. Well, no, I thought it real sucked. Yeah, real, yeah, zero magic. <laughs> yeah. Put some cocaine back in if you want some magic. I know. Wow. Wow, that's it. That I ran out of notes. I really thought there was one more page, but I guess not. I think, <laughs> I think that's my podcast that you were thinking Look, of. Look, it's that, over an hour. I know. How did that happen? I'm not sure. I think it's because you were drowsy. I have to be honest. <laughs> you seem to get drowsy. The heat I, in this closet, I think, is getting to you. Yes, and my allergies and just like stuffiness and stuff like that. Yes. Do a sludge. I know. But we are going to go for something to eat, something to drink. Right. Aren't we? Yes. I think that's what we need. We should have, we had a snack, but it didn't quite do it. Well, you know, rice cakes really don't. Yeah. It's really, you know, (laughs) we needed a Coke. We really needed a Coke. You know, at this point, (laughs) I think we do believe it or not. I'll probably just get a coffee, but I know. Well, thank you. That was, I, I had no idea where the story was going when you started, like that it was going to be the origins of Coca-Cola. That mm-hmm. was amazing. I didn't, I didn't know like very much of that at all. And there's so many other things out there I'm like sure. Coca-Cola and how maybe not, not the positive side. How's that? Oh, I'm absolutely sure. Big yeah. business. I mean, that's just the way it is. Yeah. You need to just accept that as fact. It's not prostitution. No, no. Sorry yeah. about my hiccup water coming out my nose. Oh my God. Well, I'm sorry for being... <laughs> ready for my coffee I know. <laughs> well thank you that um that was amazing and uh, we want to thank everybody for tuning in but we uh we post on instagram at today we laugh to learn so we would love you to check that out and like or or comment or uh, you know dm us that would be amazing same on facebook you can check us out at today we laughed and learned or you can uh, send us some feedback some ideas for topics uh let us know what you're thinking how it's going let Uh, us know for maybe some episodes we should not be together yes exactly (laughs) or closer together we can do that too right you can do that no we we can't i'm sorry no we can't get any closer this closet there's not a chance to get any closer and the stuffed animals would get jealous and just get ugly in here yeah (laughs) (laughs) um so anyway anything you might want to communicate to us you can do that at today we laughed at gmail.com we are on all sorts of platforms. Uh, I think Chris mentioned, mentioned them the last time. We are on lots of platforms. We don't know which is your your favorite. We would love it if you could uh, subscribe, um, like our episodes, give us a five-star rating. That would be amazing. Uh, we, we just, we really appreciate the support you've been giving us and we would love to see it continue. So thank you very much. Today, we definitely laughed. And we learned all about Coca-Cola. We sure did. All right, sweetheart. Until next time.